Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Inner Miami Show. My name is Brandon Griffin and joined as always, is I'm here with Mike Loverboy Longin. How are you today, my man? I am, I'm rocking the heartbeat kit for Valentine's Day. Uh, I am excited I like that some, some people are going to come watch us on Valentine's Day. Either they are single and couldn't find a date or they're very married and their spouses didn't care, which is kind of more like how you and I are, but... Uh, I think we got a lot. We got a lot to talk about tonight. We're, I don't think we're even going to really touch on the game tomorrow, but I think there's a lot of stuff that uh, yeah. that that we got to talk about tonight. Yeah, I think we'll we'll touch on the game a little bit just because we we need to. Um, but yeah, I agree. We probably aren't going to. Oh, we are, aren't we? <laughs> nice one, Mike. I don't know how we fix that. Let's see. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Oh, love it. I didn't even know we could do that. So anyway, yeah. So leading off the show, we have some exciting news. Um, pers- well, show news. It's not exciting for Inter-Miami. Uh, I think it's Mike exciting and- for Inter-Miami. The-, the club should be proud of us. They should be. We're doing great. We hit 90 subscribers today on YouTube, which is awesome. Chat's already bumping off, so that's great. But Mike and I will be on the... Uh, um the soccer brummy show with uh the host anthony there um great little show on instagram live um we'll be on there you know this weekend so hop on there if you're not following mike and i please do so because as soon as we go live you'll get the uh you'll get the notifications and we're really excited about this this is a podcast based out of uh birmingham in the uh uk and this guy Anthony's just passionate about North American soccer. So it's like the opposite of us. We're we're passionate about EPL sometimes, and he's passionate about um North American soccer. Doesn't just cover MLS, covers the Canadian Premier League and stuff as well. So we'll be talking our season opener with him and really excited to get on there and talk with him. Yeah, I, I realize we don't have it on here. It's gonna be 3 30 on Sunday. Uh funny story. Uh, England is six, five hours ahead of us, not six. So when we did all the scheduling, I was off by an hour because I thought it was six. Uh, I'm going to be doing it from the parking lot of my son's game. Oh, but no, super excited. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting to just kind of talk about it, uh, bring in that English feel to MLS. So, you know, so often MLS is so, we're, we're here, it's so disrespected internationally. And here is an English club that it's not like it's an Argentinian club that's like, oh, messy, messy, messy. It's an English uh, guy who wants to talk more about MLS. Uh, he talked to the RSL guys, I think, this past weekend, or I think he's talking to them yep. Saturday. Uh, and so then he's going to talk to us. So super excited. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. I'm looking forward to his questions because I think they're just going to have a completely different spin. Yeah. And he's uh, he's just getting started um, thinking about making the transition to YouTube. Uh, so if you guys join us, listen, if you like what you hear, give the guys some support, follow them, give them a subscribe, um, and, and just hear a different perspective, like an outsider's perspective, not just on our team. It'll be on the league as, as a whole. So, again, we're really excited for that coming up this Sunday. Um, ooh, Joe, firing shots already. I love it. We, we, uh, we, it's I not love that we it. don't care what they say. We just if they say something we don't like, we're just going to stop paying our taxes. So it works out. Exactly. And then we're just going to throw the new England revolutions kit in the, uh, in the Boston Harbor. 
Have you seen the Boston Tea Party? I haven't seen it yet. I know that they've said that they they, it, well, they, just... they they have these polka dots on it, like in lines, and they're like, "Oh, it's the splash that the te- the chest made when they hit the thing." It has nothing to do with like tea. I thought it was going to have like this, you know, like when you put a tea bag in water and you see like the the like ripples. That, that you you want to see some tea bagging is what you want to see. Hey, it is. By the way, Wednesday <laughs> has to say we said so far. You can say all you want bad about Inter Miami's kit, Nashville's kit, what can only be called the Charlie uh, Brown kit. So far as the Nashville, worst kit, that's that's uh, Columbus. Columbus, okay, sorry, I thought it was Nashville. Yeah. Columbus's kit so far, worst kit of 2024. Like they clearly ripped off Charlie Brown. Not a compliment. No, good job. We're gonna Columbus. we're gonna do a kit. Uh, we have to do a kit review. We it's it's. I, I think that'll be part of our next episode. We'll yeah. do a quick season preview as well as. Uh, you know, preview the next our home opener against RSL. Columbus kid is great. Whoa. Wow. That's Varied opinions case. today. <laughs> so um speaking of, of bad takes and fire starting, your very own Mike Longan started a fire this week on Twitter. Yeah, um, I, uh, I upset some somehow people. we got into um you know, we had a conversation with Danny over at uh, Battered Herons, and we were text. I, I shouldn't say we. <laughs> Mike and and Danny were texting back and forth about. Uh, somehow or another, this evolved into a, a conversation about winning culture, and so uh, you know, if you listen to Herons, they mentioned uh, Mike on, on the on the uh, the show, and I think we're spot on in calling him out for the the take, but um. Ooh. All right, so I got a lot to say here. Well, you so know we're how gonna I pull feel the soap about back, this, soapbox so. out. First off, Mike V, not a lot of comment for the next five minutes because he took some shots at me as he was watching Batter Herons as well because I watched and saw those comments come up. So, <laughs> Mike V, know that I saw that. I did too. I loved it. Hurt, hurt my feelings. Uh, a couple of things I want to say. So, so for those listening, uh, Michelle Kaufman was part of a interview in 442. Uh, it was a great article. It was really well-researched. But one thing she said in it was – that where, where'd you go? So, uh, basically saying that you can't have you know you can't be a quaint little team and have Messi, and that all fans are happy that Messi's here. And I, what I said was basically love and respect Kaufman. Uh, I think her statements that all fans want Messi is not valid. There's a growing minority of the fan base that is expressing that building a winning team slash culture is what we they want. And so far, the Messi experiment is not produce, producing that. And so, a couple of things. First off. This went in a really weird direction. So if you look at the comments on the post, there was quite a few people who said they're not happy with this, that we're not having the winning expectations. Season ticket prices have gone up. That they are, there is this minority that's not silent. Uh, to be fair, IMCF Traveler and now Battery Traveler is probably the loudest of this group, but they're clearly there. So I, I, I think there's validation in it. But then we got into this weird tangent about what a winning culture was. And I got into some back and forth as Bart about, about whether we have a winning culture or not. And so, Brant, I know you and I have discussed it. Let me start out with kind of my concepts. I didn't say winning culture. I'm timing I you said- because for those, uh, you know, just to give you a little insight, uh, Mike basically screamed at me through text messages for like three hours about a winning culture. Um, so so he'll actually get to hear my take on this uh, live because I don't think I was able to get a text in. <laughs> I, I I think you did. Uh, so first of all, I never said winning culture in there. I said a winning team or culture. Like that's what the fan base is looking for. And right now we're not getting either, right? 
We haven't won a match since September, whether it's preseason or regular season. Uh, culture is questionable. I think you can make some interesting arguments that when you look at pictures of Alba with his arm over Noah, or who was it? It was was it Ruiz with Suarez? Like we're starting to see culture. But then I got into this weird argument about that we have a winning culture. And all I can think about, and Brandon, you and I talked about this. I don't know how many people here saw uh, what was Miracle. And the movie Miracle, great movie about the 1980 Olympic hockey team. I, I feel like if you're a European sports lover, you actually might enjoy hockey. Uh, there's a scene in, in a preseason match where the team, instead of watching the, the game on the ice, was watching the girls. And the coach went nuts. And made them basically do laps until they puked their guts out. And to me, that was a winning culture. That was a culture was, I don't care if it's preseason or regular season, winning is winning. That's all we care about. And so if you want to say, does Miami have a winning culture where culture where winning defines what we do? No way in hell do we have that. You can't look at a preseason match where Messi's not taking the penalty kicks, laughing, pointing in the crowd and say he is putting winning first. Now, is that a bad thing? I think that's an interesting argument. I, Branton, I, you're probably going to comment that winning culture isn't the best thing in the world. I don't deny that. But there was a lot of people, Danny and some others, <laughs> who were saying that we have a winning culture. If we're not winning and the team doesn't seem to care about winning, I don't think you can argue we have a winning culture. We are developing a culture. I, I will take my tw original tweet back a little bit and say, yes, we're starting to see a culture. But anyone who's going to say we're having a winning culture when we don't seem to care about winning is lying to themselves. So I will, Brant, I'll let you speak. Okay. But I'm, I'm just saying that we do not have what you could claim as be a winning culture. So my take on winning culture is that is a term used in corporate America to try and get people like all riled up and pumped up. And it, it has no place in sports. There, there is no way in in sports to to have a purely winning culture. It just goes against everything. And Inter Miami does not and is not building a winning culture. I'll be the first one to tell you that what we are building is the Inter Miami culture, and that takes time. Just like the Heat, the Heat did not have a culture. Pat Riley came in, and after years of stability, culture is built, and. That culture has been very successful. The team has won championships. They've made the playoffs. They're constantly in the conversation. And they they've been able to attract and keep one of the best coaches in the world uh, in basketball. But Miami, this team is only a couple years old. Like we, we have to give this team time to build inner Miami culture. Winning culture is a clickbait word. There, there is no such thing as winning culture because there's no team that thinks every move is like 100% about, about winning. Because I hate to tell you this, but youth development is not part of a winning culture. You don't play youth players to develop and to get better if you're a winning culture. If you're a winning culture, you go out there and you buy play the best players you can, and that's only who you play. Inter-Miami has proven that they're building an academy, they're putting guys through it, and they're building the Inter-Miami way. And so while I totally think the argument about a winning culture is asinine, I do think that Inter-Miami is building a culture that we can all be proud of one day. The foundation is here, 
And Messi is part of that foundation. Having global superstars come into this team and not act like pricks and actually taking our youth under their wing and teaching. And we've heard stories about how Busquets is almost like a player coach on the field. Like, that's that's important. And so, while, like, we can go back and forth and you can argue all you want about winning culture, I will I will stay out of that because it's a bullshit term. But, so, you know. So, I have to say, that's, that's off, my piece. Herb Brooks would disagree with you. And I'm going to let you. Herb you Brooks don't. did not build a winning culture. Yeah, he did. Her Brooks won one time. Yeah. In the Olympics. The, the only thing that mattered. That's he won the gold medal. culture because he. Yeah. Well, I think, I think was the coach when we didn't medal. As so for, well. for, so for those who don't know, we're going culture. back. We're, we're really stretching here. Herb Brooks was the coach of the 1980s Olympic hockey teams because I know like none of our listeners are going to know that one off the top of their heads. I had to Google it just to make sure. Um, I think you're missing something, though, Branton, which is we have to win this season. We are in an accelerated but culture building but, scenario. No, we are having to win this season is not part of the culture. I think culture is not something that you build in a season. I think part of it is and the goal of this season is to win, but that's not the focus of your culture. I think it is That's something completely different. You're, you're combining two things that don't exist. I think that you can build your own culture and still aim to win. I think we're gonna have to have Joker come in and, and like, calm you and me down for some relationship mending after this, this Listen, conversation there is no need to mend relationships i i i just don't <laughs> think i think you have to have a winning first philosophy for but this that's season not inter miami that's not any team in mls no it has There's to be no team we're, in mls i think you have to this season for this team the way we're spending money we have messy for but two that's years that's not your culture have, that's wait, your on. goal a goal the, is very different than a culture the, the majority of our players are here for two years. Not all of them, but the majority. I know we're going to talk academy and things of that nature, but the major- we are building. We are sacrificing everything to win the next two years. We are going to be that team that we but win the next two your years. Culture, hopefully. I think it's that's tied not to your it. culture. It's I don't think not. you can ignore it. It's not because Inter Miami could have a goal this year. They need to win silverware, but maybe their goal in five years is, or in two years, most likely is to sell some of these young U22 players off to bigger clubs. Well, but that's the problem, they're building right? if, culture, but they can have short-term goals that say they're if, in win-now mode. But, but, here's but that doesn't thing, mean it's your culture. And here's your thing that I, I commented this in one of my tweets was, if you if after two years, half your players leave because their contracts are up, and you sell a third of your players, you've got like three guys left to maintain the culture. And that's a problem. You can't maintain culture when you don't have... Okay carryover but the thing is okay so first of all you've already said that inter miami is not building a winning culture and then you've also said that we are building a winning culture well you I realize that poor, right we're, we're doing a poor job at building a winning culture is my problem we, like we, we we're trying not, to build a winning culture but goal. we're struggling at it but our goal i don't think is to build a winning culture our goal is to build an inner miami culture I'm not convinced that's true. Our sole focus is not on winning. It's not. If it was, we wouldn't have done this stupid preseason tour. Well, no, our sole focus. If is it to was, make money. we would have like, already let's, let's... sold. We would have already sold Kramoski and and Ruiz and and guys like that because I I guarantee you there were offers. But I think that's part of the problem of this here. We I don't think any of us 
can accurately define what the goals of this club are right now. We can't. We're making decisions that on, on a day-to-day basis, and you it's and I chat all day long. And it's to, it's to win. Right. You want to win trophies, but but that doesn't mean that's but, the culture. Goals and but culture the problem are is different. When, you're cult, when your goal, and this is a corporate America thing, when your goal is purely to make money and win trophies, your culture is going to lag and be struggle. This is a, like a known thing. It's tough to do, like say, hey, we're going out there. Our number one goal is to make money. Our number two goal is to get trophies. Number three goal is culture. Well, you know what? That that lag, and that goes back to my post of we're not seeing the culture building and winning. We want to at the end of the day. But you can't wait, hold on. Hold on. Let me not, say one more thing. At the end of the day, if we were winning, none of us are having this conversation. Winning cures everything. If we had come out, if we had made playoffs last season and won a bunch of games, come into the, the preseason, won at least half these games. You and I are not having this conversation. We are happy, we're seeing it go through. The problem is. This team is not winning. It has to change. And in three weeks from now, if we've won a bunch, we are going to forget this conversation. I'm going to hear I told you so from you, Danny, Alex, Mike V, and a whole lot of other people. But until we start winning, this is the conversation we're going to have because we're not winning. We see pieces of a culture being developed, but not consistent culture. And we see nothing but people trying to make money. Okay. So, A, we do not build culture in one or two or three seasons. It's not, it's never going to build that quickly. But, but next dude, point, hold on, hold on to your point, And I agree with you. It's really hard to build a culture when you're starting 11 this year has one player from the previous season, starting 11. That, but the lack so of carryover your players, your players are not the ones that build the culture around the team. The coach is brand new too. The coach and the support staff is who builds the culture. But around the coach is brand new over too. time, and he's right. got new support staff. But Henderson for, is um... not. Most of the staff behind the scenes is not. Those no. are people that have been not... here for a while. But most of the team was. I'm not talking for... about the coaching staff. The coaching staff is part of it. We've we've rotated trainers, of... except for right, except Mike, for the I'm one dude with the ponytail. About this with I like him. Anymore. He's a nice guy. Because you just keep. <laughs> you don't let a. You right, don't I'm let sorry, me I'll get stop, my point in. I'll no, stop. You won't. I'll be quiet. The next I will. Topic. I will. No, I'll be quiet. You, you suck. It's Valentine's so, Day. I'm going to be good. First one, we have already got it through. You can't build culture overnight. B, none of us know what kind of culture this team is building because there's no transparency. I am not in that locker room. You're not in that locker room. Michelle Kaufman is not in that locker room. We don't know what culture is being built. We get photos that leak out. We get interviews from the the from Tata, who is notorious for not telling the truth to us. And we once a year get to hear from Chris Henderson and the owners. And that's probably when we get a little bit of a snapshot into the actual culture of the team. We don't know what's happening. And so for us to sit here and like for everyone to get all up in arms about the tweet about about you know, us being, or trying to bring this all into a winning culture is bullshit. We don't know what's going on. We're all going to sit here and say, oh yeah, it's a winning culture. And yeah, uh, we're not building it. We are building it. Whatever the fuck we're saying, we don't know. You don't, culture in an organization is something that you don't, you don't know when it's being built. You don't know how it's being built, but once it's built, you know what it is. 
It's like that famous line about pornography. I don't know how <laughs> to define it, but I know it when I see it, right? Like the heat culture, nobody, when Pat Riley first started, nobody was like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to build a culture that's going to last us 20, 30 years. But he did it. And so we have to wait and see what the culture that's ha- that's building, is ha- it, it turns out to be. But yeah. the signs are that it's a healthy culture for the players to be in. See, and, and, and that can eventually lead to a winning winning mentality but so so i like i shut up i do want to say a couple things because i know we want to move on a uh, couple things uh joseph put this example of clubs with winning with a club with culture not so winning culture seattle columbus philadelphia all top of the table teams with known cultures that they support each other they put the team first they they you go probably out there to win but uh lafc in there I was trying to think of LAC kind of it's it's they're a little more transient, but yeah, I think LAFC can almost argue ironically has a winning culture. There's an expectation that you out every game, win every match. Uh, I think the top, the majority of top clubs in MLS have talked over and over about the locker room culture that persists. Um, I think Pat Riley, Pat Riley, when he came to Miami after his previous stops had an expectation of winning. And so I think he brought a sense of culture with him. I think I think if you want to make the point that Messi came with certain cultural elements, I think that's true. I think where I get caught up on the arguments was I don't necessarily, to your point, think that's a winning culture. I think that is culture. And I do struggle that this culture will exist after Messi. And, and the one thing else I'll, I'll kind of leave off on was I thought Yedlin, Calendar, they were building a culture on this team. We had an identity we were building under Phil Neville that we expected to kind of branch out. I do strongly believe, and I guess I, you're right, it's based on very little information, that we've revamped that culture. That with Messi, Busi, uh, Alba, now Suarez, they are bringing in their own culture. My belief is that once they leave, that culture is going to leave with them. That all the U22s are going to leave with them. We'll get into Redondo in a second. Redondo is going to leave with them. And we're going to be back to square one. And I do take umbrage. Maybe umbrage. Not offense. I won't take offense. I take umbrage with this statement that they're going to build this culture that's going to last. We're building the Miami culture. I think we're going to go on a two-year streak where we'll hopefully do things and then we're going to reset again and go through another reset. And I don't think this, whatever culture we build here will last because I don't think anyone will still be here to carry the culture over. So I will kind of back away. And that's my, my final piece is I just don't think this lasts. Well, and you know, I we'll see. We'll see what happens at that point. When and there's be a lot of I told you so. People, people are gonna come back to episode eleven in two years. Yeah, I don't think so. Three years, be like, remember when that Mike guy said. So let me, okay, just for the record, if that does happen, I will go find episode eleven. I wasn't. Hey, we need to get some clips from that episode because I can prove I was right three years ago. Yeah, and and I would love to listen to you and look at your board that you have behind you with all the yarn on it that says, "You see, this is where the culture went. It went here." All right, so let's get into Redondo. So. All yeah. signs point to the fact that we, we and we Done talked deal. about this last last episode. How do you say it right? 
Redondo. Okay, I'm saying right. Uh, all signs point to the fact that uh, Frias is going to season injury, uh, season ending injury list. That we are instead of going for kind of a striker forward, we're going to bring one of the top CDM candidates in the world, you CDM guys, to come and replace him. And and my boy Branson, you want to go through the the stats and why we're so excited? Yeah. So um, basically, why we're so excited, or at least I am, and and I kind of had to. Uh, explain this to Mike a little bit um, as to why I thought this was a necessary addition. Because if you listened to last episode, Mike was very anti this move. And I think as we've started to go through and kind of see what this player offers, I think he's kind of come around. But what we're seeing is we're seeing a, a CDM who not only wins the ball quite often, right, and is able to win tackles, get interceptions, make blocks, win win battles in the air, but we're also seeing one who passes and passes progressively. If you look at players like Gregory um, or Mike's, Mike's favorite Dixon Arroyo, if you look at their stats, they're not progressive passers. Those are guys that will win you the ball, but they don't do anything progressive with it. They start passing it back to, um, to the CDM or to the, I'm sorry, the center backs and out to the wings which is not what you're really looking for. And I think what Redondo is going to do is kind of be able to bring in distribution from the back line to kind of free up Busquets. And I'm going to guess probably like a combination of Ruiz or Kramoski playing um, possibly in that left midfield role. And he's going to free them up to be a little more aggressive in the attack. And I think that with the progressive passing is also going to start coming some more goals because I think one thing we all can agree on in this preseason was we did not see enough quality chances created because the ball just wasn't getting to people unless it was messy uh, dribbling through a couple of people to get the ball up to Suarez or Robbie Taylor kind of doing it on his own. Um, so I think that this is going to be a great addition. He's also one of the highest rated prospects in the world. Um, teams like AC Milan, um, I think Liverpool was even, um, I, I, I know I saw him mentioned in Liverpool chats that I'm a part of. Um, and I think, uh, our friend Gary even shared a, uh, a breakdown that, uh, Manchester United podcast did to him because they were so convinced that this was going to be a guy that they were in on. Uh, so really, really excited to have him. I think that this is going to be uh, a big key into unlocking what we're trying to do with this, uh, what I'm convinced is going to be a four-four-two, a little bit closer to a four-four-two than a four-three-three, uh, as Tata mentioned. But um, you know, Mike, are you feeling better about this move now? You don't like it? You're I, ready I to throw him into the sun? What's happening? I'm I'm still struggling on our roster moves because bringing him on. Like, so first of all, let's start. I'm excited for him. Everything you said, I, I did the research. He he looks like a great player. He looks exciting. I think we talk a lot of in, in this sport. You talk about like these up and coming transfers and how great they're going to be, and they peter out. He has so much pedigree behind him with his father that his grandfather he, too. Yeah, like it should make a huge difference. I think what's interesting here is he's gonna he's gonna be a starter. He's gonna supplant someone on the pitch. Now, what where I'm kind of sitting is okay. The automatic assumption is he surplants Gregory. Uh, 
I've seen in kind of chat already. We also don't know what what's where Biscuits is. You know, I've heard everything from he's done for five months to he's going to play against RSL. And so I do think thinking that this guy is going to kind of cover both those spots is exciting. I do think this means Gregory is not long for this team. I think it does feel like he's out the door. I call me old fashioned. It bothers me that we let him sit out all last year. We resigned him and then we ship him out. I get, I get that that's the business, right? You want to sign him and, and don't want to lose anyone for free. I'm still not in love with the, and I, ironically, I think this is a culture negative move, but for winning. And as you said, for forward progression, I think this makes a lot of sense. Hey, listen, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, I don't get me shaking your head. Negative. I think this is a, a, this is a winning move. He's here for two years, right? We're going to keep him for two. We're going to sign him for three to four. We're going to keep him for two and we're going to sell him. Rumor is it's a four-year contract. Right. Rumor is four years, but we're only keeping him two years and we're selling him forward, right? That's the goal. He'll be here through Messi. I I think this is, this might be the piece we've been missing. And, you know, so many people talk about how we need more center backs or issues defense. Anyone who listens to the show knows that I actually don't believe our issues defense. I believe our issue is attacking. Someone who can progress the ball forward and can help the the two man back line essentially we're going to have because our our wingbacks or backs are going to play so far forward i think is huge so if he really is this guy that is projected which i don't think we should doubt I, I, he might be the missing piece this might be the missing link to unlocking this whole team yeah i th- i think you're right and i think there's there's nothing but excitement for this move honestly i mean it's great that we're at a point where we can pull talent like this into our squad and like like you said, I'd be surprised if he's here more than two years. Um, you know, there's still those teams that were scouting him before are still going to be scouting him now. And um, you know, oh, if he plays the level that we him. want him to play, like the offers are going yeah. to be real offers. Like this, he okay. I'm going to go out on a limb. He could be the highest transfer fee out of MLS two years from now. I like he could be the record breaker if he's the guy. Yeah, that, like think about now. Liverpool wants him now. Two years from now, he could be that guy. I don't want to like yeah. jinx it, but I it mean, could be. there's no there's no reason to think that that that's not a possibility. I mean, you know, I, I think we're all kind of just waiting for what Almeida is going to go for out of Atlanta um, to see what the new bar is going to be for the the league record because I think he breaks it. But we I definitely could I mean, see. Redondo to tangent ta- a little that. bit, to tangent a little bit, Almeida, I thought would have gone sooner. The fact that he hasn't makes me question if they're getting the offers for him. Like, I'm a huge I Almeida Atlanta's fan. I really am. for him is probably a little high. I heard they want 20 million, but 20 million, I mean, I think the record right now is 12. So 20 million is basically just over breaking and they're not getting it yet. So I yeah. do think Ronaldo Rodado could be that 20 million plus player. If he plays to the level that we are expecting him to play, and to be fair, everyone's expecting him to play to. I just want Joseph Sierra. You're the man. I, I clearly, clearly knows about you know football. Uh, Mike, we don't need him. We have uh, a gentleman called Waturo Endo. We don't need him right now. So thanks. Oh, different Mike. That's Mike V. You were talking to. Yeah. Um, so moving on, uh, cause like we said, we have a lot of stuff to cover, so we don't want to get stuck on, on that, but super exciting. Hopefully that announcement comes 
tomorrow or the day after it makes that official. Uh, but uh, some season ticket holder news. So I do not have any experience with this because the team has still not sent this to me. But if you, and it's not just season ticket holders in this, if you have purchased tickets to an inner Miami game, check your email because you may have gotten a survey. And it's, it's more than that because I've gotten at two different email addresses. Mm-hmm. So I think I originally started like contacting under one email address and then I like finished under another. Cause I've gotten the survey twice. Once I filled out one, I just kind of been holding on to. Uh, <laughs> so let me go into this for everyone. So we're going to go into citizen ticket holder news. Uh, Everyone knows Inter Miami is opening a new stadium, Miami Freedom Park, in a year and a half or so. So, drove by the other day. You can see it's progressing. So, they sent out a survey trying to gauge future prices. And anyone who's ever done one of these surveys, it's super interesting. Like, you get, they gave you eight five option screens. Each screen had like five different ones, five different options. And you could choose which of these is interesting or choose none. And there was variations. There was, uh, where are you going to sit? Do we have a world-class player, i.e. is Messi on the team? I know for, for the tickets I was looking at, is food and drink included? Uh, I want to say there was one more. but like, And there was variations. And what's not good, I'm not going to even say like anything. What's not good is the prices are only going up. So... To do the math, and I know we have certain readers that certain listeners that love when I do math. My tickets two years ago was $130 game per seat. I had I had I said on West Side, I got the food, 130 game. That's why I played pre-messy. This year at renewal, I'm at 250 a seat. For non-renewal for my same seats, it's currently 470 a seat. Now the lowest version of the, my seats under this whole survey thing, which was free uh, West side club level, free food and drink included. It's not free. It's never free. As I tell my son, it's never free. It's included. No messy was $380 a game. Almost three times mm. what I paid last season, pre messy and 50% more. What I'm paying this season with Messi. And frankly, if you're a season ticket Mm. holder seeing this, you have to be saying WTF. And I think this is really a lot of people said after the whole, I know we started the show after everyone got upset about season ticket hikes. I think that's actually fair. One of the reasons we started the show is we wanted Uh, an outlet. I'm pretty sure your, uh, your takes are, are very easy to find. I, I think yeah. you were even on, uh, weren't you on battered? Parents? No, ba- I was supposed to be on battered and then something oh. else happened and it wasn't the news of the day anymore, but it, everyone's like, okay, we're, we're getting the hikes. Now this is the Miami freedom Hi- park hike inclusive based on this survey. And, and again, it's a survey. They could come out next week with a new survey and draw the prices. But the first pass of the survey implies there is another hike going to happen and we're going to be paying for a stadium without Messi more than we pay with a stadium with Messi. And and I'm going to be honest, I've been to Nashville's new stadium. I've been to LAFC's new stadium. I've been to Columbus's new stadium. They are amazing. 
But if you're telling me I have to pay 50% more for worse, for worse seats, I mean, so for worse, no players, I, there's no value here. And, and yeah. this isn't good. And like, I'm really hoping the club's getting not good. Like, I hope everyone who takes a survey is being really honest and saying like, I'm not going to pay those prices. That's not what, like I, when I took the survey of my eight times doing of the eight options, only twice did I say, I'll take those tickets. Every other time was no option, no option, no option. Like, please be honest. Tell them what you're willing to do and won't do. Because if they start pricing like this, you're either going to be in or out. And I think we all saw with this past year, if you're out, you're out. And if you're in, you're stuck. So, oh, and, and one more thing, Brant, I don't think we've covered this. <laughs> Towards the end of it, there was like, would you pay for X amount of years with guaranteed minimal hikes? So it's like, if you pay for three years, it's 5% guaranteed increase. But if you pay for five years, it's only 2% guaranteed increase. So they're also building in automatic inflation Jesus. adjustments. And if you think about, if you're a day one season ticket holder, our first, I think it was our, our second or third year, no increase, right? Like There's they didn't increase. Decrease. Oh, actually they readjusted. Yeah. Actually, my seats went down. Like it's uncomfortable right now. Like it's really hard to look at this and go, they give a shit about the fans. Well, I think, I think the team's done enough to show that, that they really don't care. Um, you know, how many years have we gotten the same shitty box with just different sad contents as our season ticket holder gift? Um, so, you know, I, I'm not surprised by this. I'm looking forward to maybe one day getting the survey so I can fill it out myself and, you know, see by the way, and answer Joe's question about the cheap seats. I, I would, uh, that's what I'm more interested in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, unfortunately, like I have to go with my comparisons because Joseph said the same thing. Like, this isn't, the, I'm not the same level. I get it. Like, I'm just giving the comparison. But every single person I've talked to that did the comparisons to their levels are saying the same thing. That there was more increases. There wasn't any like, okay, you already paid the hike. Like, it's going to even out. It was, how much more money can we get for everyone? Mm -hmm. And and I know, Branton, you're going to call me a hypocrite because we all know. If they charge me these prices, I'm going to come keep coming. Now, was keep on with three seats? No, I may drop to two. I'm not going to call you a hypocrite for that because, like, at the end of the day, if they raise prices on me, I'm going to bitch and moan about it. But like this season, I was I was I debated heavily on renewing or not, but I decided, you know, like, I if if I don't renew, I'll probably never get back in to having season tickets, and it's something I enjoy so. I just have to not eat or not feed my kids for a couple of days. And, you know, we figure it out. By the I'm way, joking, I want to go off. Everybody, please. <laughs> Gamer class just said, if you're listening today, tomorrow, season uh, parking is on sale. If you want to get in the green lot or the blue lot, if you haven't heard from your rep, reach out to your rep ASAP. Obviously, if you watch the show previously, there are limited spaces. There's, I think, what, 700 spaces total. Uh, yeah. They are you know, renewals happened two weeks ago for anyone who's doing renewals. It's now, you know, what you see is what you get. Call your rep, get in there. Otherwise, you're going to be in yellow lot, brown lot, orange lot, pink lot, purple lot. I don't know. I'm running out of lots here, but definitely get ahead of that. And just a reminder, yeah. rocking my Green Lot Gang hat. Green Lot Gang will be, you know, the Inter Miami show, Green Lot Gang. We will be there uh, next week. Next week. We're going to set up tent. We don't know if, where we're going to be yet. We're either going to be right next to, right in front of the training center, 
if we're allowed back there. Otherwise, we'll be parked next to Siege, uh, kind of just next to the training center. Uh, but we'll be we'll have the flag held high for Greenlot gang. Uh, Ranton, we need a flag. I just realized we don't have a flag for Inter Miami show. We will get an Inter Miami show flag as well and start oh, yeah, hanging we up there. Get that. Put that sucker outside my house. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't want you people to know where I live. <laughs> oh, but you know, uh, Joe, I promise you, if I get that survey, I will update you guys on what what my seats look like. Because uh, you and I frequently stand next to each other, so we need to know these things. We need to know where we're going to be. I, I wonder. Right. I wonder if we should eventually have like Mike. Mike brings people into the club. Like, is that a? Can I? Should I just be that guy? Like, no. earn your chance. Nobody no. wants that. No one wants that. Joe, Joe wants it. Joe likes when he goes no. to the club. With I me. guarantee you, Joe would rather hang out with me in the North Stand than hang out with you. Oh, this is gonna there. be a, this will be a chat conversation in the morning. Okay, let's move on from here because <laughs> this is where marriage conflicts start. Oh, speaking of hate, so the haters are out there, guys. They're 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 coming after us. ESPN's coming after us. Tom Bogert's firing shots today. Uh, for those of you guys who didn't see, um, and ESPN. I kind of agree with what they're saying. They listed like five MLS coaches that were on the hot seat. And guess who was on there? Tata Martino. Uh, I think he was number four on the list. He's number four. Yeah. And so, you know, basically, if he doesn't win trophies, he's out. Um, and I fully agree with that, especially after the performance he had at the end of last season and, uh, and what, uh, what's transpired already in the preseason that's got Mike ready to jump off the, uh, the West stand. So I, I think this was interesting. Uh, let's talk about the first thing, which was the ESPN article came out, say with yeah. the four coaches. I didn't say seat. what the other one was yet. So yeah, I, I, I think it was interesting. I got distracted by Joe saying that his parents are fighting uh, his because they're fighting again. <laughs> we're in like an inner Miami bubble, right? Like, so we hear yeah. all the hate for Tata Martino. And I thought this was inside the bubble and like, if you left the bubble, everyone would be like, no, Tata's doing great. Like DeAndre Yedlin. It's really funny. I don't know if you ever noticed it, but inside the bubble, there's a ton of hate for him. You leave the bubble. He's considered one of, still one of the top right backs in all of Major League Soccer. And any team would be lucky to have him. Like listen to any podcast, listen to Tom Bogert. They all highlight, you know, uh, DeAndre. So that's how I kind of thought Tata was the same way. That really people liked him and it was in the bubble he was struggling. To see that article today actually kind of popped the bubble for me because I'm like, oh, it's not just us. He really is in trouble. And somewhat, to me, gave validation that people did watch the preseason and it, and they took notice of it. Are they are they panicked? Is he being fired um, today? He's not. Hey, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. He's not. But they took notice of it. And that he's got to turn the ship around. It's not sinking yet. But he's got to turn the ship around because he is starting to get in the warm seat. So maybe I missed it. But I really didn't see anything where they mentioned the performance in the preseason. He did. Uh, it was they, up, It was on the very top of this article. It mentioned his they mentioned tough preseason. The tour. Yeah, they, they did not it. say that his performance in the preseason would result in his firing. No, I'm not um, saying that. So Hold I don't on. Think don't put words in my mouth. Considered. I'm no, saying you that. Said, you said they took notice. notice of that, yes. and that's what triggered this article. And I, I don't. No, think that's I think it's, I, I think it's a part of it. It's, it's 
there's no one thing that triggered this article. I think it's hey, the I end think, of last season. I think there's two it, things. ESPN is a failing company, and they're trying to get like Inner Miami's name into Ooh. an article to generate clicks. Ooh. Because the main part of that article was just saying, like, if he doesn't win trophies, like, he's going to get fired. And it's true. And yeah. that would be true whether it was Pep Guardiola here or Klopp or whoever. That's Hold on. The, that's true. I don't think – okay, I think you're – I don't think it's that true. When you have a coach that hasn't if been – you in, have the best player of a generation and you don't win trophies, your ass is getting fired. If he had made the playoffs last season and even or had a successful preseason, this article isn't written. He's not. He's not listening. I don't think that's true. I absolutely think it's true. If yeah. if they could say he he Tata won Lee's Cup and led Miami to the playoffs, it's not. He's you can't say he's on the hot seat at all. I, I think I think no. you absolutely can. You no. absolutely can. Be, if you're ESPN, you absolutely can. Totally disagree. for two reasons to get ES or to get Inner Miami's name in there so you get the clicks. And two, because it's true. Because then you're saying he won all this last year. We brought in Suarez, we brought in Redondo, and now he needs to win even more. And if he doesn't, he's on the hot seat. You could absolutely yeah, but, but say it's, that. But you're okay. But you're saying he would be on the hot seat. This article was titled yeah. "On the Hot Seat," so it's implying he's already yeah. on the hot seat, and that is because of his losing record at the end of last season. Right, and it's also because he's shit coach. Okay, move on to the next thing. That's what it is. No, he didn't. It win. absolutely is. Hold on. You're telling me Tata Martino is a good coach. No, I completely agree he's a shit coach. But I'm not saying that's why he's on the hot seat. I'm saying he's on the hot seat because he didn't win last season. And my boy Sean and here he is agreeing with me. he did not win because he's a shit coach. Well, that's true. They go together. But just I'm saying he didn't win. You can't just say he's a shit coach so he doesn't go to the – he's on the hot seat. He's a shit coach because he hasn't won, and now he's on no, the hot seat. he's a shit coach, and that's what led to him getting Can we the go to the seat? other article, please? So the next article – is uh, from Tom Bogert. And again, Mike's getting ready to jump off the West Stand here. Um, I'm not. Sources across the league say the club desperately needs to shed salary and gam. Sources say Gregory, John Mata, uh, DeAndre Yedlin, Robert Taylor, and Sergey are available. Trust. Oh, they are screwed, said one rival executive. Trust me. Listen, this isn't a surprise. We talked about this three episodes ago that we are in oh. far worse gam trouble than people want to talk about. I'm not surprised. All the names on this list are backups now. I think the only thing this brings up is everyone has said how great our depth is this year. By roster signing day, roster locking day, by Wednesday at 4 o'clock, yeah. our, our depth is going to be a lot worse. And there's just no way around it. We've put all of our money into our starting eleven. Well, we're gonna rely on the. We're gonna rely on the kids, and and that's just the way I it don't is. Think gonna you be. can say it's a lot worse. At most, I'm gonna guess that we lose three players before roster deadline. Yeah, but my three, my okay. fingers three is three. I think one of those is Coco Jean. Didn't do shit. Got injured. Not his fault. When we did see him on the field, at times he was the best looking attacker when he was on the field, but. Turf took him out. Um, and then you're looking at a guy like Yedlin moving on. We have Gressel. Still a little thin at the right back, but whatever. 
and um you know probably gregory on his way out or Molta, who who was probably a little more attractive a little more productive also has his green card now um so could move within the league so while i think it it, it sucks to not have those guys because you, you want to be in a league where you can be three deep at every position but it's just not the reality in mls so i think those guys i, I end think up you're going. i think you're missing a name who taylor He's the most attractive guy on our squad. Uh, yeah. I think Taylor. I think Taylor's the number one. I think if if you're an MLS squad, looking at Miami, I going, they Yedlin have to sell. Probably number one from no, an th- MLS squad. Yeah, yeah. I I I can I can see the argument because there's Rob so few decent. Two. I'd give you that. Yeah, Yedlin. Yeah. I can see the argument because right back and left back are really tough positions. So if you can get a senior. And he right knows back the league. It'd be yeah. a plug and play type thing. So, but, but the difference is, Yedlin's at six hundred k. Taylor, I want to say, is at two fifty three hundred. He's a much Something cheaper like contract. So, so yeah, I, but... I do think I think Taylor's another Morgan. Except instead of getting a million dollars in Gam, we're going to get like a hundred k in Gam because any team's going to come to us and say, "You have so no choice." I like I don't. You got to take think... the shitty deal. I don't think it would be that extreme. It's I gonna do be bad. think. I think if somebody said, "I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars in in gam for Robbie Taylor," I think Henderson calls up some other because I get there's other transfer windows open. I bet you call somebody up and he goes, "Hey, give me hundred fifty. Fair, <laughs> okay. So, so, but you're you're so talking that there's Wednesday. a little bit of leverage there, but. Uh, and and obviously we're being facetious with that number. We don't know what the numbers would be. Um, but um, you know, I also I like Robbie Taylor. I like what he does. Everybody knows the whole preseason. I've been clamoring for him to get on the field, but I don't know that we miss him too much in in this this new uh, formation because I don't know that there's a ton of places for him to play. I I don't think we miss him Wednesday night against RSL. I think as we get deeper into the season, oh, yeah, and you're missing Messi, and you're missing Gomez, and these other guys are going on international duty. Sunderland. We. That doesn't make me feel better. Like <laughs> I, I, I just think, and I know Robbie does a lot of international duty too. He can't kind of can't ignore that, which actually might be almost a good thing. But yeah, like, you're going to miss some players. So I do think I, I can see the argument. Yedlin and, and Robbie are my number one and two on the like going to be traded gregory's three actually sure gregory's probably four free. i go gregory's four moza's probably three with his green card now because that means he's not in international slot so he's very attractive as as now um i could see sergey on like uh i could see fc cincinnati or yeah, like but nashville so, so making a run for him i do but he needs an international spot he i i don't think he has a green card yeah, so there's that a lot of teams that don't even use those so like Nashville, I guarantee you has some. They sell them off every year. Uh, yeah, but remember, we are six days left. Remember, so, so for everyone to know, because of the schedule, because we're starting two days, us and RSL are starting two days sooner than everyone else. We actually have to be roster compliant two days earlier than everyone else. So we have a shorter window. So again, not only are we in massive need to cut players and gam, we have the shortest window to do so which unfortunately makes us desperate at some point. 
And so that is going to be a challenge. So I think oh. you're going to see one of these trades that just everyone's going to hate. But you have it's kind of like the Lewis Morgan trade a couple of years ago where you had no choice. You just had to take a trade, except it didn't hurt that bad because the number that was, was pretty a good high. trade. Yeah, and the number is pretty high. But we're like, this is going to be that same reaction, except the number is going to be a lot worse. Well, and the other thing, like, and and there's roster experts out there who could probably tell us what would happen. But and you and I kind of had this conversation before we started recording. Is is what would happen if we're not in compliance by then, and we just don't register two of these guys? I don't know because what happens because we kind of did that with Pellegrini, and we didn't get in trouble for that. Like it was a shit move, but we didn't get in trouble, and we eventually moved him on. So I, I don't know how that works. I don't know if maybe you move. I, I I don't know if you can hide some of these guys at Inter Miami CF two. I don't think so. Maybe, I, think, I don't know. Remember, there's there's it's limits just, to how many so players. Confusing. There's limits to how many players you can buy out. So remember, Pellegrini was also you only buy a out DP. one, right? And Pellegrini was a DP, so I think that made him almost. That's why more, we didn't register him. More unregistered, like you could play that game. Yeah. I think with these regular guys. It's harder to do. I don't know. Like Tom Boger, I actually responded to his text asking like, hey, what happens? I'm going to kind of call him out a couple more times this week. Like, hey, can you explain what will happen? Because I, I don't know. And and the problem with, and we go back all the way back to something you said in the opening of the show, MLS is so untransparent. I don't think anybody really knows. The majority of people following us do not know what happens if you're not roster compliant. Sean's comment would make sense. We could, we could, uh, uh, well, what's that? That's that the team. I, I had it up already. This oh. one, there, there might be a waiver system. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. That might be, and actually, to be fair, if we can just throw them on waivers, hey, we lose the money, but at least we're compliant. You know, when we're spending $8 million on fees for, for Redondo, who cares if we lose a $200,000 guy? The math just works in our favor. If it's a $200,000 guy, we'll see. Yeah, but, you know, we're not Joe, I think you're 100% right here, man. Yeah, it might be that. And the F- honestly, football manager is how I learned most of the and, and by the way, just remember, this so is where we go into MLS is a single entity. MLS owns all of the players. So technically, this that concept we're saying actually makes quite a bit of sense. Yeah. So, but again, we're all we're losing out of some gam and transfer fees. So maybe we do waive. We waive Gregory. We waive, the, uh, waive Moza. We waive the three guys. It sucks, and we don't get some transfer fee for it. But if it gets us roster compliant and gets us moving forward, it's probably not the worst. And my thing would be too like I don't want a like a Pellegrini situation where the poor guy just sat here for six months. No. I'd rather them go and play somewhere because yeah, of course, everybody on that list is somebody who's put in put in a, a turn for this club and done really good. So the 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 most important thing here is, and I'm going to circle back to what I said: we can't be in two years under sanctions again. We cannot be back to that spot. I, I don't. But see, the thing is, is like I don't. I don't see that happening for for a couple of reasons. First off, Chris Henderson would never let that happen. Never. He would. We got insane. We got in trouble with the sanctions because we tried to hide shit. Right. Chris Henderson is the type of guy, and you know this if you even talk to him for five minutes, like like we have. He's the type of guy who's like, "Hey, MLS, we're in trouble here." And I guarantee you, he's probably already like kind of raised the flag with MLS and been like, oh, yeah. "Hey, and 
we're, we might have a situation here. What are our options? Which is why I think... When you act with integrity, I don't think you're going Which get is why I think he's calling killed. all of his buddies. He's calling New York Red Bulls. Hey, yeah, you want a striker want? in Taylor? 200K. Easy deal. I'll, one yeah. international slot. We'll trade Robbie Taylor for an international slot. Let's go. So this is where I go back to. I think we're just going to see deals we don't like. One way or another. Yeah, but I, I also think it's going to be deals for players that are either redundant or we just don't need. So, you know, it, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt Robbie Taylor go. But, you know, if he goes to a better situation where he's going to play all the time, good for him. Speaking of which, if you uh, if you really have wanted a Robbie Taylor, Kamal Miller jersey signed, uh, go to Fanatics. Fanatics has like five game worn uh, heartbeat kit IMCF jerseys. Uh, and I think it's Miller, Taylor, uh, Martinez. <sighs> What are those going for? Six hundred a pop? No, not Martinez is the worst. The four ninety nine, Kamal's at I think one ninety nine. Uh, Sailor's not there. Honestly, between you and me, I would have picked up the Sailor one. Like we would have, you know, you, you oh, and I have I a mutual friend. You just announced this on the podcast, and you didn't tell me about this because I would have went gone on and ordered one of them before someone well, gets to it. I mean, you can, you can. can I did I'm tell you. Try. This. I'm gonna go do that right now. But no, <laughs> they don't have a Sailor. That's what I'm saying. There's no Sailor. No, no, no. I, I'm not talking about sailor or somebody else right. i want but right, anyway well. moving, moving on before mike gives away all my no i'm just kidding if you're listening please go buy the jerseys it's, it's cool to have them um or just wait in the parking lot and pray to god somebody forgets their keys and can't get into the gate and walks by you but there's a couple um, other names. Now i'm not naming the rest of the names but there's a couple of them for sale they're they're reasonably priced they're supposed to be right. game worn uh they are pre-messy jersey so they, they don't have the fract on the side they don't even have exp- it's it. kind of before so um the martinez one is interesting because it's like a giant signature i'm just like out of front of me that's mm, but yeah that's so definitely worth it. yeah so anyway for martinez moving on um we do have a game tomorrow do we? it's kind of a cool one yeah we do we do and we got some some pictures just to demonstrate how important this game is um you know, if you don't recognize this youth team, dead center in the top right picture, that's that's a young Leo Messi. Obviously, Newell is his, his boyhood club. Um, those who don't know, Tata actually played and coached there as well. Those are both Tata. Same terrible haircut that he still has now. <laughs> have, have you heard the rumor that Messi's going to play for Newell I at some point did. in this match? I did, and part of me is like, oh, God, I hope he doesn't get injured. But part of me is like, that would be pretty cool. I like that. Could you imagine? I like, I'm a sucker for stories like that, man. So, Could, could you imagine if uh, a Suarez takes him out? <laughs> oh, no. I saw, I saw somebody who was I like. Don't say the one. No, like, Don, Don Cavacito said something that do not say. When no, Don no, no, no. I, I saw somebody else say that, like, they better not tell the outgoing players that they're on the block because oh, one geez. of those guys could be the one that takes them out. Um, listen, I, I think I, it's I, a cool, I, it's a cool story. I, I'm a little bummed that I'm not going to be there. Um, I, I'm still like, I'm praying. So, so my son has practice tomorrow till seven 30. So I'm kind of been praying it's going to get canceled for some reason. And I can get tickets last second. Uh, yeah. I, I think I just want to say this, it's an exhibition game. I'm not expecting anyone to take it seriously. Like, screw the whole winning culture concept. Like, it, it's these. I think that's gonna be out there to have fun. I don't see expect lost years. I do. Well, I will say this, and you and I have discussed this. 
I expect our starters to start. I expect this to come out. We're a week away. Like, I think we'll see a 4 3 3 or some 4 2 2 1 2 or some crazy thing. Like, it'll look like we're going to show up against RSL. We'll get the starters out there. And then 45 minutes later, the starters coming off. And then at 80 minutes, Messi will come back on in a different kit. Uh, crowd will go wild. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I just don't think we're going to take this at all seriously. No. And frankly, I am absolutely okay with that. Yeah. And I don't think Newell's is going to take it seriously either. I think it's, it's just. It's just for fun, um, because their their season already started. They've already played five games. They're second in their league, uh, just lost their first game, and then they have to play again on the nineteenth. Um, so they're 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 not bringing like an intensity here. I don't think, uh, they're not going for the win. I think it's just you know it's a cool story, um, and I'm sure they're getting paid handsomely for this, um. But if you want tickets, tickets are still available, face value. Um, and that's I the one thing I was going to use game time and things like that. Game time had some pretty good deals on there. So check I, that I will, out. I will say one thing, which is I clearly think, similar to the NYFC Nocha Bueno game or whatever it was, it, this game shows the fans are kind of annoyed. It had this. This game should be sold out. Every Argentinian in the world in the South Florida area should be begging to come here. It's Messi versus Newell. It's the boyhood club. It's so exciting. Here's the chance. And it didn't happen. And I just, I just think it's kind of showing again the club has got, hit the point of maximum return, and they're kind of on the downswing. And, and we'll see what happens. I will add to that: everyone I know that has tickets up for RSCL are not being able to sell their tickets. So clearly resale is struggling at the moment. I see you laughing. I don't even know why you're laughing, but because <laughs> you called what was it? It was Noche de Or and you called it Noche Buena or something. Yeah, Noche and it's a Noche, Noche something. That's Christmas Eve. Uh I know Who cares? folks. Listen, do you not think the club would call a game Noche Bueno if it made sense? They've called they've they've just stolen ideas for anything. That might be so, the new the next kit. Yeah, <laughs> the replacement no. for the black one. No <laughs> but but I just I just think you are seeing the club has hit hit that point where it can't go much farther at least at the moment. Now yeah. we start winning, we win CCC, and it's all going to go up. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, uh, it's just going to be a fun game, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's on Apple uh, TV, right? Like I'm going to watch it at home. I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking for. I'm going to watch. I'm legit it. looking forward to watch it. Like I, if my wife and I screwed up, like. I was expecting to just kind of spring on her today that, hey, I'm going to go to the game tomorrow night. I'm just going to buy tickets. She sprung something on me first that she booked an appointment for tomorrow night. And she's like, hey, you got to get TJ. I'm like, damn it, you got me. So uh, I'm not going yet. But I, I honestly, if I had, yeah. if I was free tomorrow night, I'd go. Because I just kind of miss going. Yeah, I'm excited to get same. the season going again. Same. And like I said, I'm a sucker for a storyline. So it'd be kind of cool to see. Um, but uh, before we wrap things up, uh, just have one more cool thing to really talk about uh, before we get into like fan questions and stuff. And uh, our <laughs> that's never not going to be funny to me. guys. I, I I am from. I New think Jersey. he should get that on the back of his kit. I, I am. Boy, I have <laughs> many years of high school Spanish. And I've never learned to speak the language. I went to Dude. I went to Barcelona and like got destroyed trying to speak Spanish. This is not my language. I do my best. <laughs> Joe, I think we have a new nickname for him. 
Noche bueno. <laughs> you know, of all my nicknames I've earned, that's the least offensive, and I can live with that. Ooh. Man, yeah, I love I, it. I, I should have put that on my siege kit. You should. Oh, Joe. Joe surprised me with a Noche Bueno kit. <laughs> anyway. Um, something really cool that MLS is doing is they're trying to do initiatives to to uh, be more inclusive and like highlight supporters groups and sections that are doing like good things in the community, doing good things for the game of soccer. And our very own Black Herons United and, and Jermaine, uh, if you don't know Jermaine, you got to meet him at the tailgates. Great dude has done a lot for weight raising awareness um, for, for black supporters groups in general, but very much so here. Um, so black herons was featured. Um, Jermaine gave a really good interview. Um, they did a nice write up and, you know, it's, it's, you know, we've talked about black herons before. It's a great cause. It's a great group to be a part of the Auntie Mary's punch, the Jamaican beef patties, the vibes that they put out is, is, is awesome. And it's great to be a part of, and just, you know, they just do great work and it's awesome to see. Uh, a local inner Miami supporters group getting recognized by MLS uh, for the good that they're doing, not just in our community, but inspiring other communities as well. Now I, I couldn't be happier for Jermaine. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, beginning of last season, uh, I saw, I helped start the Greenlock gang, Greenlock gang siege and black Herons United decided to do joint tailgates all last season. It was a blast. Uh, we created one large group. Uh, for the, and, and also don't know, Black Herons United have just worked so hard to get representation in the North Stand. Uh, they, they really go out of their way. Um, and, and Jermaine and others helped lead that. So I was so happy for him to see it. Uh, definitely, you know, kind of going back to what I said earlier, come to the Green Lot uh, next Wednesday. There will be a huge joint tailgate. Come meet Black Herons United. Uh, they will have their Aunt Mary's Punch. They, they, and they've got that new kit that's just absolutely smoking that they brought out earlier yeah. this year. Siege is going to be out there. So, you know, just throw it out there. Both Brant and I are Siege members. Uh, everyone's going to be out there. The vibes are going to be going. Uh, and, and it's great. Members because, of all three groups there, by the way. Yeah, it, it, it's just such – it's the you talk about culture and how you can just bring culture together. All three groups bring something different to the crowd. You know, yeah. I, I look at Greenlock Gang as not really an SG, but more as a season ticket holder group. You got uh, Siege, which is a legitimate SG, and then Black Herons United, which is an SG and, and cultural group. So – they each bring something to that tailgate and and then they all go, well, at least Siege and, and BHU go into the North stand together. GLG is kind of more spread out because we're kind of getting more of the STH group. Most uh, of us are in the North stand. There's no, one. No, Doug's not in North stand. Joe's not right. in North stand. Jason's Joe's not in, in North, North stand. stand quite a Claire, bit. Claire's not in North stand. I'm just going to start naming names. Uh, but no, I, I think, I think it's, it's awesome. Uh, and, and please. Yeah. yeah uh, and that's where Inner Miami show is going to the post up there too. And when we start doing, I don't think we're going to do a live show Wednesday night because frankly, we are not, night, but we won't. once we get into the I'm weekend games now, we, yeah, I was trying to try and just kind of and, and, put and, a little element of excitement suspense. No, I, I don't want people to get their hopes up and get disappointed, but, um, because we just, we just don't have the time to throw that together for Wednesday. Um, and then it being in the middle of the week, is just not, yeah. not conducive to that, but we will. We will be going live early in the season from the Greenlaw gang. You, you yeah. heard it here multiple times. It's going to happen, and that's where we'll be. So if you want to 
you know, swing by and, you know, whether it's us doing interviews or whether it's us just putting a camera up and letting people who aren't part, aren't local, be part of the vibes, um, come and join. And, you know, Black Herons is a big part of that. Um, so come on over and have fun and just, just enjoy. So um, we're going to open it up now. I know we're running a little bit long, but I know you guys probably have some awesome questions. So please, in the chat, hit us up. I, I did see a question earlier as, as people give a chance. Uh, you know, what do we think about the RSL game? Guys, we're going to do a show ne- early next week against the RSL game. We'll do a, an actual breakdown yeah. of their kind of offseason moves. Uh, I think anyone coming into this season thinking about last season is going to be grossly mistaken. Teams got serious this season. There was a lot of DP signings. I know there was a joke earlier about those teams that, you know, they they have two empty DP spots they're not going to use. Those teams still exist, but they're few and far between. We saw a lot of what would have been record signings this year, multi $10 million plus signings. Uh, So we'll get into the RSL team uh, next game, you know, early next week, uh, whether it be Monday night or Tuesday night. Yeah. And, you know, I think we have a, It'll be fun to talk about. It's going to be exciting to actually preview a game that matters, uh, that we care about, because preseason we don't care. Joe, business news. What is business news? I, I think he's asking if you got any stock tips or anything after uh, you. I did not get any new gear. There was no new show clothes for the show. Um, sorry, they did. They did introduce some new hats, but nothing so exciting yet. Uh, we are working on an inner Miami show hat, but we're not there yet. Branton didn't do his job this week of coming up with a new logo. Uh, I just think our logo is so great, and I just don't want to screw it up. So it's a big Joe, Joe a big putting lift. up Boosie. Joe putting up Boosie as a question. So this is an interesting question because no oh, one has an answer no, here. That's what he was asking. Not business Bo- news, Boosie news. Boosie news, but it says business. Like I know, autocorrect is a hell of a like, thing. It said business news. No, but uh, I think that's. Yeah. So, so no one seems to know what's up with Boosie. Like I said, I heard one person say five months. Uh, Michelle, I think it was Michelle said, he, Michelle or Alex said he can't play tomorrow, but he's, he could play against RSL. That's what Tata I, said. They were holding him out tomorrow for sure for the know, home opener. You know what's amazing? You look at the NFL. The NFL requires you to be honest, right? Like it is a huge thing if you're lying about. It. And I know everyone they try to cover it a little bit. Like I think Tom Brady was on. The, the the report every single game for every single yeah. season he ever played but at least there's an element of trying to be honest we're so far off the rails on this uh but yeah. no no one knows no one knows i am praying he's playing like i'm praying he he got up under his own power he walked off yeah i feel like if it was a major injury it would have come out pretty quickly but mm-hmm. nothing no no nothing there All right, man. Uh, Gamer class. When is the third question. kit dropping? Uh, I'd go with sometime early summer, late spring. I think I've heard May, June. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of historically when they've done it. I'm just trying. I'm thinking about when the uh, Atlanta United their their hip hop was late drops. This season, wasn't it? I thought it was early summer. Mm-hmm. I thought it was before League's Cup, but maybe it was after. Yeah. All right. Who knows? I mean. Hopefully it's it's midsummer. Let's spread these jer- jerseys out a little bit. So yeah, the pocket doesn't hurt as much. 
Joker, Joker's causing trouble with this question because you and I both know he's pissed about this. When is preseason yeah. party and meet and greet? Uh, so not this weekend, clearly, because at least it's Wednesday night. We haven't heard about it yet. Uh, I'm going to throw out this out there. I don't know how the heck they do this. Like when you had five to 10,000 season ticket holders, you could do these kind of events. When you have 23,000 season ticket holders and a stadium built for 23,000 people, to be fair, a stadium built for 18,000 people, how you put us all in there and say, go run for autographs and stuff. I, I actually don't think logistically this is possible. This is just Mike speaking. Like, I know that they promised us it. I'm just questioning how you could do this safely. Well, and so, like, I, I mean, again, like, uh, my thought would be they would probably want to do this if they're going to do it midseason now because it, it can't happen now before the season is they would have to do it like during an international window, which we know MLS does not recognize many of them, but has aligned the schedule a little bit to cover a couple of them this year. I think they would do it then. And then obviously Messi won't be here. Um, you know, any of the other big players will probably be called up for international duty. But Biscuits and Alba aren't. Yeah. They both but, retired from international but, duty. But let's like let's be honest here. How many people most of the season ticket holders are there to see Messi? That's true. So, I mean, I want I the Biscuits and Alba autographs. But... Yeah. But and and so do I, and I think a lot of people still do. But I think once you take Messi off the table, I think that number drops quite a bit. Then sure. you also have to think like the suites, like most of the people who own the suites, they're not going to everything. Yeah, they're not going to go to this. Thousands of people. Pro- yeah, but then there's also a lot of people who are not interested in meeting the players. Like there are there are people out there that are interested in that. People you that don't, don't think want it autographs. Exists, like, no, I, I, know. I, I okay, I know exists. Joker I mean, I'm, is I'm, one of them. <laughs> okay joker says that but he's going for his nephew and we know his nephew is also named joker um no i i do get that but you're still talking a massive amount of people versus yeah years but, prior but i think I, I think once you announce Messi, you go down to to like ten thousand people immediately Messi off the even board 10, you probably go down to ten thousand people in the grandstand in the but, it, it's, i just i just you I might also you, see it spill out to like green lot, blue lot, maybe and the community fields, and maybe. like maybe they I mean, have I think players you have to, like you spread have to out around them huge, like that. But now here, here's what you're talking about: huge event with lots of security, and the teams making no money on it, except for possibly concessions. So I just, I think it's almost in the teams. You know, there was a lot of fine oh. print around what they could and couldn't do. I but, almost would make an argument: it's a team's best interest to say screw it. Fuck us, and they're not going to give it to us. But that's just me being pessimistic. I mean, it's it's also probably in their best interest to do something, but it does. There doesn't have to be an event. It could just be a meet and greet that Maybe. requires very minimal staff outside of security. You you're not going to have to have the security presence that you originally needed because Messi won't be there. But there's no way in hell that Messi's going to be you there. You can't put two thousand people in a line outside the stadium. Shit happens in South Florida, especially if yeah, they're not gone through the metal detectors yet. There's not going to be that many people, I don't think. Okay. Um, but I don't. Know. I just, I just we'll think see. that this is this is this is something that the club 
can't throw together over like let me let me kind of circle back you can't throw this together overnight this has to be somewhat thought out so to your point and i fully align with it i don't think we see it before the season i think it has to be something at the end of the season like mid-season when they have time to think about this yeah hopefully i mean you know hey but, um, hey look who, look who showed hey. up by the way so soccer that's we're, awesome we're, let's let's throw this up there again uh yeah like we said at the beginning of the show we'll say at the end of the show by the way, man, it is okay. So it is ten sixteen here. It's like so three a.m. Yeah, three a.m. I see. I screwed up again. Three a.m. Uh, in England right now. Uh, just a reminder again that we will be on Soccer Brummy Show at three thirty uh, Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, uh, getting into the RSL game and starting to break down what it's going to be and, and how we think we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, so definitely looking forward to it, and it's going to be a fun conversation. And like I said you're going to get a unique take on North American soccer um, from the outside looking in. And so, uh, you know, get out there, support him. Uh, let, let's follow him. Let's, let's get him some support. So that way, um, you know, more podcasts grow. We're getting new perspectives and, and things are just better when it's a, the community's larger, in my opinion. Yeah. Super excited to go on the show. Uh, like I said, I'm going to take it from the parking lot, my son's game, but we're going to make this work. Uh, I do have to comment. Mike V's comment. Team is going to have to buy, make you buy the I do it. jersey and sign. I've already got all big forest jerseys just to try to get signed. Uh, the only I jersey want I still want to, the only jersey oh, I still want to buy that I don't have yet as I need to know Alan's signature. Like I, I need that signed jersey. So I have to buy I one of those. You don't have that one. I know. Cause I was, I was holding out hope I could get one off the, off his back, but we're, we're yeah. Fingers across. Yeah. I just want a Campana, a Suarez. I die if I got a Suarez jersey, but signed. But I wouldn't wouldn't hold my breath on it. Campania is a lot. Uh, Campana is a lot more realistic, and uh, Drake and Yedlin. Those are my three. I got two of those. I know you do. One of which is right behind you, and the other is displayed prominently as you walk out your front door. Well, I've got two companies. Where I got it is. two Drakes. <laughs> got my Yedlin downstairs. So, hey, uh, I think we should probably start wrapping up. We are quite a bit yeah. over where we wanted to go. It was fun. You know, you guys make it fun and make it easy for us to just kind of keep talking about about shit. So, um, thank you guys for listening. As always, drop us a like on you on YouTube. Um, share the content with friends. We we know there's a big community out there and. You know, we're, we're really grateful for everybody that's gotten us to where we are now. Um, so just keep doing it so we can keep doing more fun things. Uh, the more more followers and subscribers we get, uh, the more Mike's wife lets him do fun stuff and buy more merch. So, you know, we got to keep it going if you want more Mike fashion shows. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you can, get out to the Newell's game tomorrow. Send us some pictures. We'll we'll throw them up on our social media and post them out there. And just, you know, we'll see you guys in the next one.